Okay, good morning. We continue the parsha of Bahaloscha, and today we're going to start discussing how the Jewish people actually traveled through the journeys of the 40 years in the desert. Now, at this point, what today's Torah reading is taking place on the 20th day of the month of Iyer. So, if you're keeping track of the, in the second year, they had the Pesach, Rosh Chodesh Iyer, the first day of the month of Iyer was the census of the Jewish people, as was discussed already, and now it's the 20th day of the month, and it's time for the Jewish people to leave the mountain of Sinai, where they've been camped since Rosh Chodesh Sivan, almost, almost a full year before, 10 days short of a full year from the first of Siva until now the 20th of Iyar, the whole story of the Golden Calf, the building of the Mishkan, all happened there by the camp, by the foot of Mount Sinai. And they were going to begin their journey directly to the Promised Land. At this point, there's no story of the spies, there's no punishment to stay in the desert for 40 years. They're going to be heading straight to the land of Israel. So the Torah tells us, before the Torah begins to describe to us the actual journey of the Jewish people, the Torah will tell us three um, uh, that preconditions is not the right word. Three things that took place in order or before the Jews traveled. What are the three things that had to happen before the Jews traveled? Number one is that the cloud of glory, which had been camped on top of the actual Mishkan. We already learned that when the Mishkan was, in, was finally finished being established and built, the Shekhinah, the cloud of glory, the Shekhinah was in the, temp- in the Mishkan. But on top of the Mishkan, there was a cloud of Hashem's presence hovering over the Mishkan. At night, that was like a pillar of fire. When it was time to travel, this cloud, so to say, folded up. Instead of being spread out over the entire Mishkan, it folded up and it moved over to the east on top of the camp of Yehuda. As we've already discussed, the first of the camps to travel was the camp of Yehuda, which was three tribes under his flag on the east side of the Mishkan. They were always the first to go and then the Jews traveled in formation behind. So the cloud of glory would lift up where it was over the Mishkan and um, it would move to the east over the tribe of Yehuda. That would be the sign that they would travel. Now, how did they want to stop? The cloud stopped moving. When the cloud stopped moving, they followed the cloud. At day they followed the cloud, at night the fire. That's where they went. They never knew where they were going to. They never knew how long they were going for, how long they would be traveling, how long they would be camping. They didn't know. And in fact, that's what the Torah says. However long the camp stayed, that's the day that they camped there. Api Hashem Yachanu, Api Hashem Yisrael. One of the very beautiful verses of the Torah. According to the word of God, they camp. Api Hashem Yisrael. According to the word of God, they travel. They, they knew. See, we don't know this. We sometimes think that we're in charge of our destiny. We think, I'm going to stay here for X amount of time. I'm going to move there. I'm going to take this job. I'm going to buy this house. Hashem is in charge. According to the mouth of God is where you camp. According to the mouth of God is where you travel. And this is part of the praise of the Jewish people. That for 40 years that they were in the desert, they never knew how long they would be in a place. They didn't know when they would come to camp. They would set up the entire Mishkan and unpack their suitcases and settle their cows and their sheep and everything. For all they knew, the next morning, the cloud could lift and they could start traveling again. They didn't know. Happens to be Hashem was kind to them and they stayed in some, one place for 19 years, but they never knew what it would be. So, the not knowing is always the hardest part the uncertainty, the lack of, of, of control over your own destiny. This is the praise of the Jewish people that they stayed some places for a month, the Torah, O Yomayim, O Chodesh, O Yamim, for days, for weeks, for months. They went as long as it was there, they traveled, they camped, 
And according to Hashem, they travel. Again, the verse says a second time, Api Hashem Yachanu, Api Hashem Yisau. They did exactly as God commanded, Api Hashem Yad Moshe. They went according to wherever they were supposed to go, based on the word of God in the hands of Moshe, which we'll talk about in a minute, when God will, will tell Moshe to say we're going to travel. But the point is that they recognized that their journeys was not on their own volition. It was not according to their own itinerary. It was all the mouth of Hashem. Where to go, how long to go, how long to stay. And then to the next place. Which is one of the miracles that they, that they listened. They didn't know where they were going yet. Just to clarify. No, we don't know how long they stayed in each of the different camps that they camped. Torah doesn't give us the, that level of detail is not relevant to us in our lives. And therefore the Torah doesn't say it to us. We know there's a number of journeys because that is relevant. Every single, the Baal explains that every single Jew goes through the same number of journeys from our, when we left Egypt, which is comparable to us being born. When we went out of Mitzrayim, it was like the of of the, the narrow birth canal that we came out of. Until one day we reached the promised land, which is the world to come, Gan Eden, you know, the promised land. So we all go through a number of journeys in life. Childhood, college, marriage, dating, children, this job, that job, this home, this community. So we go through journeys. Everyone has a journey, and everyone's journey is different. How long does each part of your journeys take? <laughs> Depends on what God decides. As we're learning, when the cloud of God moves up, that's when it's time to go. When the cloud of God settles, says, here's where you belong, then this is where you can. This is where you can. Understand? And if you're a Jew that has trust in Hashem, you trust. And the Jews didn't question God, said, why are we staying here? Why are we going this or not that way? They trusted. They camped where Hashem told them to camp. They camped where Hashem told them to camp. Okay. They did complain. They did complain. They complained a lot, actually. But where the itinerary was, we, I don't know that it says that they complained about the itinerary. That I don't know. I mean, they complained about many other things. They were not a happy group of people on this journey. We'll, we'll discuss in a minute. I'll get back to their, their not being happy. The second thing that was needed for the Jewish people to start traveling was the blowing of the trumpets. So what are the trumpets? Hashem tells Moshe, Asei lecha, make for you, meaning that these will be your own privately funded trumpets. They don't belong to the community. They're not paid for by the community. They're paid for out of your own pocket. You're going to make for yourself two silver trumpets. Not gold. We don't make any... Uh, but with two silver trumpets, that will be your method by which you will gather the Jewish people for meetings, to give them over commandments of God, etc. And in order to tell the Jews that it's time to travel, etc. These will be only used by you and nobody else because you are a king of your own level. No other Jewish leader in history will have the same power as Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore the trumpets that you make will be exclusive to you they will not be used by anybody else, not even by Yoshua, the successor of Moshe. Moshe passed away, these trumpets were hidden, and other trumpets were even, these trumpets were never used ever again. Why two? Why two? So why two? Very good. I, I can tell you the technical reason, so the Torah explains. Like there were different signs, or different tr- blows, were used for different reasons. When it was time to travel, the Kohanim, not Moshe, the Kohanim, would blow a Kia, Trua, Kia on both trumpets. Kia, true, Kia on both trumpets. When it was time to gather the Jews for a meeting, Moshe wanted to speak to the Jewish people, he will blow, or the one of the Kohen will blow, both trumpets, but only a Tkia. And when it was time to gather the leaders, the princes of the tribes, 
for a, you know, a board meeting of the Nassim, of the princes, they will blow only one trumpet, not two. So this was a distinction between one and two. To gather the princes with only one trumpet being blown. To gather the entire Jewish community, both trumpets were blown. And when it was time to travel, not only did they blow both trumpets, a tkiah, but they blew a tkiah, true a tkiah. And the Torah also says, this was done twice, by the way, when the tribe of, when the camp of Yehud was going to travel, they would blow the trumpets once, and when it was tra- time for the second group, which I believe was Reuben, if I'm not mistaken, to travel, again they blew the trumpets a second time. So the next, you, know, you have to go like in groups. So group A is going, everyone will stay in your seats till they finish leaving, right? Then the next group can stand up and go. In addition to that, the Torah tells us over here in this Aliyah, that even though these particular trumpets are Moshe's private trumpets that would only be used by Moshe, the power of trumpets or shofars, not trumpets, trumpets were not used again, but shofars that replaced the trumpets of Moshe would have very, very special power in helping the Jewish people in the future. And therefore the Torah says, In the future, there will ever come a war in your land, and there will be an enemy that is oppressing you and fighting up against you, trying to attack you. You will blow a trua, not a tkia. Tkia is the long blast. Trua is the short blast. Blow the trua. We have a debate what the trua is. If it's the short of trua, but let's not get distracted. You blow the trua, and Hashem will, be, will remember you. Or rather, you will be remembered favorably before Hashem, and Hashem will thus save you from your enemies. So here we're saying that the trumpet, but it doesn't mean trumpets, it means the chauffeur has a special power of helping the Jews be remembered favorably before God to save us from our enemies. In addition, the next verse says, you will use the chauffeurs for another reason, for celebration. On the days of your celebration, and on your holidays, and on your Rosh Chodesh celebrations, you shall blow a tkiah with the trumpets, but again it means the chauffeurs, in celebration of the burnt offerings, the Ola offerings, and the Shlom and Peace offerings, and they will be for you as a remembrance before Hashem in your celebration. So here we have two more times for blowing the shofar, besides for the traveling and the gathering of the Jewish community. When there's a time of war, what should we blow? <clears throat> Trua. When there's a time of celebration, a time of a holiday, every Rosh Chodesh, every holiday, when they'll bring the offerings in the temple, what would they blow? Kia. Also on the plural, on the shofar's plural. Okay. That's the second thing for the Jews to travel. What was the third thing for the Jews to travel? That Moshe would actually stand up and command the Jews to travel. Moshe would say, Kuma Hashem, which means, stand up, arise, O Hashem. The Yafutsu Evecha, may all your enemies be scattered from before you. The Yanusu Bisanecha and may all those who hate you flee and run away from before you. Does that, sound, does that verse sound familiar? Yeah. Very good. So then Aaron would travel. Moshe would say, That's the words. Next line is extra. And then when the, when the Mishkan would camp, when the Aaron finished traveling, it was time for the Jews to camp, besides the cloud of glory settling, Moshe would say, Shuva Hashem, rest, O God, Rivavis Alpha Yisrael, the myriads and the thousands of Israel, referring to the 22,000 Jews, the minimum of the tribe of Jews, different explanations, that from 2,000 should become 20,000. Moshe is asking for a blessing in the camping of the Jewish people, that when we rest, 
the the alfe aleph is a thousand alfe is plural is two thousand and the two thousands of Israel should multiply into Yerivavos, which means myriads. Each myriad is 10,000. So myriads, plural, is 20,000. Jews have a lot of kids, a lot of babies. We're working on it. To go to, from 2,000 to 20,000. That's the blessing Moshe gave. But let me clarify. The 22,000 is the smallest tribe of Israel. If you look, remember, we counted all the 12 tribes. Every tribe, whatever the numbers were, I don't remember by heart. But the smallest tribe was the tribe of Levi. Levi, as we established, was 22,000. Correct. From the age of 30 days old until whatever, was, was really 22,300, but we don't count the 300 because they were firstborns. So the Torah counts, the Torah says 22,000. And therefore the minimum tribe that the, the Shekhinah rests upon is the number 22,000, which is, which is the uh, tribe of Levi. But even though there's more to discuss about the blessing, I have to be honest. And tell you, I just skipped like three pages. We just skipped the whole entire fifth Aliyah. I went from the end of the fourth to the sixth. Why do we do that? One second, then we'll take questions. Why did I just skip? So the Torah actually goes out of order here. And I'm trying to make it simple, keep it, you give it clarity. The Torah does not immediately say the third thing that happened before the Jews' camp, which was how Moshe would stand up and declare, Kuma, Adoshem, how Moshe would declare that. Instead, the fifth Aliyah talks about the actual journey. And the Torah begins to describe how on the 20th of Iyar, the Jewish people actually traveled, the way God said to them, and the whole journey describes how first the tribe of Yehuda traveled first, and then Lebanon, Nachshem, and Aminadav, and then was the tribe of Yisachar, the tribe of Zulun, and their group. Then came the tabernacle, was dismantled. The Mishkan was dismantled by uh, the tribes of Gershon, the family of Gershon, and Merari. And then the second group, which as I was saying before, was the flag of Reuven, went out together with Shimon and the tribe of God. And after they went out, the, tribe of, the family of Kahas came and carried the actual vessels of the actual Mishkan to where the Mishkan would already be set up. When they came, Geshe Merari would have already set up the Mishkan. And after they went out, the third group of Ephraim, oh, together with Menashe and Benyamin, under their flag went out. And then the fourth group, which is under the flag of Dan, went out together with the tribe of Asher and Naphtali. And then we have the story of Moshe talking to Yisro and trying to convince Yisro to stay. I'll talk about that tomorrow because I'm going to be out of time. Yisro talking to Moshe, but Yisro stays, doesn't stay, different opinions exactly. It's not so clear how the story of Yisro ends. After that, then comes the sixth Aliyah with a nun, an inverted backwards nun before and after. And here you have the word by Yibin Soha Arun, and Arun traveled, Moshe spoke and said, Rise up, O God of Israel. Why does the Torah not put the third part of the, tr- the preparation for journeying together with the first two of the cloud of glory moving and the uh, blowing of the trumpets? So we're told that this is to break up the negative aspects of the Jewish people. When the Jewish people left, we read in the fifth Ali, the Jewish people left the mountain of Sinai heading towards the promised land. They left, it says, like ch- school children getting out of class. Today happens to be the last day of school for my children. Last day of school today. I don't know, but the last day of school. And kids on the last day of school are very, very happy. They're ready to get out of school. No more tests, no more finals, no more this, no more that. There's like freedom, I'm free. Done from these stupid, annoying teachers. You know, I hope no teachers ever listen to this thing, but like, you know, but my kids, they were the teachers. Ah, they're done, they're happy. The Jewish people leaving, leaving Mount Sinai were the same thing. They felt freedom. They felt like, 
If we stay here, it says that they said to themselves, if we stay here any longer, Mount Sinai, we're going to get even more laws. The longer they stay at Sinai, the more rules that Hashem was giving them, the more commandments. They said, we're out of here. Finally, finally, we can go. And they're like, like, like school children, instead of being sad to leave Mount Sinai where they received the Torah, they were like, like kids on the last day of school ready to run away. That's the first negativity that Hashem was very unhappy with them. Then they complained. As they were traveling, Hashem was traveling them very, very fast. Why were they traveling fast? Because Hashem wanted to bring them to the Promised Land. So it should have been a long journey. Hashem made an 11-day journey. Hashem made it in three days. And because of that, instead of being happy that they were traveling quickly, instead they were complaining. Can you imagine? Imagine, we tell you the flight, instead of being three hours long, one hour. Oh, shucks, I wanted to watch three movies. You know, I'm saying, like, I don't know. And complaining that it took too long. Okay. Then, after the sixth Aliyah, after we read about Vayib and Soha Aron, we're going to read about the story of Kibros Hatava. That is what happened to Kibros Hatava. That is where they complained they had no meat to eat. So another whole fascinating story. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. So in order to break up how the Jews complained when they left, were happy to leave in the, uh, Mount Sinai, how they complained they were traveling too fast. And to break up how they complained when they had no meat to eat, Hashem says, let me not put them all in one shot. So let me take this Vayib and Soha Aron verses that describe the praise of the Jews as they travel in the mouth of Hashem. Let me put it in the middle to break up the, uh, the negative incidents of the Jewish people. One last thing, and I'll take questions. These verses of Ahib and Sahara'aron have a nun before and after, which means that they're almost like their own chumash. And in fact, there are some ways of counting the books of the Torah, not as five books of Moses, which is a typical way we have five books of Moses, but rather that there are seven books of the Torah, seven books of the chumash. How do you get seven? Horatius, book of Exodus, Shmos, Yikra. You have Bamidbar from the beginning of Bamidbar until the beginning of the sixth Aliyah of this week's parish of Aloscha. Book number six, book number five, Sarbi, these two verses, only two verses long, these two verses in the beginning of the sixth Aliyah by Yehivin Soha Aron. Book number six will be from the next, from chapter 11 of the book of Bamidbar, which is in the middle of the sixth Aliyah till the end of the book of Bamidbar. And the seventh book will be the entire book of Devar. Again, this, these verses, there's a lot more to say about it, but these verses are a book of their own describing God's protection for the Jewish people when we travel. Yes? Um, 